What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. What is going on, New Vision family? And maybe you are new to our daily podcast as we walk through God's Word. My name is Nick, and I get the privilege of being one of the pastors here at New Vision, and I'm so thankful that you were taking the time to be intentional at reading God's Word. I know for myself that whenever I read God's Word, I leave differently than when I first engage with it, and hopefully the same will be true of today. If you're just now joining us on this journey, we're going to be in Judges. We are going to be, I'm going to give an overview of Judges chapter 11 through chapter 12. It's about 40 plus verses. And so I would encourage you go back, read it. What I'm going to do in this time we have together is I'm really just going to give an overview of the gist of the whole 40 verses. And then I'm just going to share some verses um, really that stood out to me that were impactful to me. And so I hope that you will go back, make some notes, make some highlights, and read the text in its entirety. And again, that's Judges 11 verses 1 through 40. And uh, I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. And so if it doesn't sound exactly what yours sounded like, remember, for one, I'm reading on NIV. And secondly, I'm giving a bit of it just an overview of the text. And so... What happens in chapter 11 of Judges is we come in contact with a man named Jephthah. And there's probably a better way to say it, but we're going to call him Jephthah. Now, Jephthah was the least of these. He did not come from a family of origin that was to be held in high regard. So he ends up by some of his half-brothers being forced out of his hometown to a nearby city. And while he's forced out, he kind of gets those around him who find themselves in the same posture, really downtrodden. And I think scripture calls them worthless fellows, Um, just like not the most savory of characters by any stretch of the imagination. And then the Ammonites begin to attack the nation of Israel. And you might be going, man, that sounds so familiar. We came in contact with the Ammonites, you know, back in Joshua. Here they are again, the remnants of the Ammonites, they are attacking the nation of Israel. And so the nation of Israel and some of the elders go to Jephthah and go, hey, we want you to lead us. We want you to help us. We want you to guide us. And he says, okay, well, if I do, then, you know, there are going to be some stipulations. I I will do it, but there are going to be some stipulations. And so he goes back. He sends out a message to the king of the Ammonites and goes, hey, Why are you attacking us? What have we done to you? Why are you attacking us? And the king of the Ammonites says something very interesting. He says, well, because you have taken the land in which we, which belongs to us. And then Jephthah really gives the king of the Ammonites a history lesson. He goes, actually, actually, what happened was we were trying to go through your land Uh, And the former king of the Ammonites didn't want us to go through the land. So he ended up attacking us and the Lord gave them into our hands. And so that is truly what happened. And the king of the Ammonites did not respond to this with their words, but with their actions. So Jephthah goes before the Lord and prays before the Lord and he makes a vow before the Lord. And the vow is this. He says, God, 
if you give me the Ammonites in my hand, then I will give to you, I will sacrifice as a burnt offering, whatever runs out of my front door when I get back in time of peace. And so he goes, he defeats the Ammonites, and it's a beautiful victory that God gives them because we know that God fights on their behalf. And then as he comes home, his only child, his daughter, comes running out and he goes, woe is me. You have brought me to a low place, daughter, because um, ultimately I vowed before God that I would sacrifice as a burnt offering whatever came out of the door. And the daughter, being an obedient child, said, you know what? Let it happen. Kind of in the similar vein and similar language of what Mary said to the angel that gives her the news of her virgin birth. Let it be so. Let it be so. But she asked her father, hey, can I have two months to mourn the fact that I'm not going to get married to mourn that I will never know a man and be never and never be able to be a part to carry on the family lineage. And so she takes two months with her and her company and she mourns for two months. Now, the interesting part about how the last few verses of Judges ends is we don't know if Jephthah literally burnt her as an offering or if he sacrificed her, he sacrificed really, and just made her take a vow of virginity for the rest of her life, which meant that she would can carry on the family lineage, which meant a lot of things, which would have been a horrible position for a young woman to not be able to really do what they felt led to do. And so scripture is not crystal clear on this. Theologians, uh, you know, really some think that, hey, I think she, he kept his word and sacrificed her, but others believe that he ultimately sacrificed something that was a big deal to him. His family name would have ended with her and that she wouldn't be able to walk out really what she felt led to do as a young woman in that time. And so that's really kind of a sad ending to a breakthrough that God gave him. But there's a couple things that stick out to this. The first thing is I want to read to you in Judges chapter 11, um, verse number one, it says, Now Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty warrior, but he was the son of a prostitute. Gilead was the father of Jephthah, and Gilead's wife also bore him sons. And when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall not have an inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Man, this stands out to me because how often have you felt that you are less than and that you are not able to, maybe because of past mistakes, your family of origin, maybe, you know, um, a hangup that you had, whatever the reason, you feel like you cannot be used and you feel like an outcast. Something that I love about the kingdom of God and about Jesus our King is that everybody has a purpose and everybody is useful for the kingdom of God. There are no outcasts in the family of God. All are invited to come near because of the completed work of Jesus. And so Jephthah is kind of pushed out because of his family upbringing and his family of origin, but it reminded me that I am still invited and you are still invited. And then an interesting thing happens. They come looking for Jephthah because he's a mighty warrior. God has gifted him in many different ways. And these people recognize that in spite of all the reasons why they pushed him out, they invited him to come back and lead them and really get rid of the Ammonites and go to battle against the Ammonites. Here's something also you have to understand. 
When you decide that you're going to use your gifts and talents for the goodness and the glory of God, there are going to be hard times, but God is going to use you. He is going to use you and allow the fruit of your life to speak loudest about you. You have nothing to prove and you have no one to convince. Let the fruit of your life speak to who you are. But then Jephthah kind of speaks something. And I don't know if he prayed about it. It doesn't seem like he speaks this vow. Like, hey, God, if you give me this victory against the Ammonites, and I will give you this. Nowhere in the text do I see God asking him for that. But Jephthah spoke it. Jephthah made a vow, and vows were taken very seriously in this time. And so he makes his vow that whatever comes out of my front door to greet me after I have won this battle, I will offer to you as a burnt offering. And then we see later on in the last part of the chapter 11, we see that his daughter runs out, and ultimately, some form of sacrifice happens, even if it's, he sacrifices his lineage by making his daughter not ever get married and vowing that to God. Or he literally takes this beloved thing that he has and he offers it up to God. Um, whatever, whatever really happened, it's sad. And it didn't have to be that way. Um, Jephthah just spoke it seems like before he really thought it through or prayed through it. And I think about myself, how many times have I said something or, or, or vowed something without doing my due diligence, without praying through it, without seeking wisdom? You know, what he could have done is he could have just said, hey, God, give me victory. Give me victory. Um, but he didn't do that. And so now, no matter however that ended, it still ended in a way that was sad um, because it didn't have to be that way. And I wonder for you, I wonder today where you are, like, where do you find yourself? Do you find yourself in a predicament because your actions have gotten you there and you're wondering if there is a way out? I will tell you this, that God truly is a redemptive God and he can still use you and he is still for you and he still loves you. There are consequences to our actions. There are. I mean, you know, you've heard a lot. You reap what you sow. Um, but also in the midst of that, God still offers grace in us to drink from the well of forgiveness and mercy and grace. And remember, you're not discounted. You can still be used in the kingdom of God, even if the, your journey has taken some left turns and some right turns and you have gotten off of the path that God has invited you into. What is keeping you today from stepping back on that path and fixing your eyes on the king and walking in his ways? And I want to encourage you to do so. You know, this, this story ultimately doesn't end in a beautiful way, in a nice tidy bow, um, but there are still a lot of things to be gleaned and to be learned from chapter 11 in Judges. And so hopefully we can take these lessons to heart. We can recognize that we have value and worth, that even though some of our actions have not been in step with the king, God can still use us in great ways. And so I pray that you can remember that and I pray that you can walk in that and remember, fix your eyes on the king, let the fruit of your life speak and stay in step with the invitation from the king and you'll end up exactly where we need to be. So hopefully you'll tune back in, you'll keep walking with us and I hopefully you can continue to glean some amazing things from the word of God. We'll see you back here soon. Bye everybody. 
Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.